Carter from the belt to the plate. A swing and a miss. And that's the winner. That's the winner. A World Series winner for the Cardinals. Smith corks one in the right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Welcome to That's a Winner Podcast. I am Ryan Jenkins. With me as always, Josh Brown. We are live tonight on Twitter and I think on YouTube as well. And we're also obviously streaming, uh, recording the podcast. And it'll be up on uh, Anchor and everything else that it'll be up on uh, in the next couple hours. Well, Josh. and running. Yeah, here we are. Hi. Maybe you can see us live. Uh, So professional now. (laughs) Absolutely. We're trying to make it cooler and cooler and... uh, you know, if we did this in my basement, I would have a lot of Cardinals things behind me. Oh, yeah. Uh, or Colts things or Indiana yeah, you've basketball. you've got the full man cave with your basement going. In here, it's just soundproofing, so it's not as... My a, basement's full of baby toys. Uh, well, I, there's plenty of that growing more and more <laughs> that I, I would wish it wasn't. But let's get right into it. So I t- told you I wasn't going to um, tell you what we we're going to talk about initially. So let's just open it up, and I'll tell you. Have the Cardinals gotten any better from last year? That's my worst. That's where I want to open it up. So we, oh, it, We're coming in hot. Yes, coming in hot. So... You had a list of guys that you wanted. We all did. We all had a, oh, yeah. a list of people who we wanted. Um, you know, when the lock, when the lockout in, uh, ended, you at know, least one. At least right? so, at yeah. least somebody. So Trevor Story off the board. Yeah, Kyle Schwarber off the board. Carrera off the board. Um, I mean Chris Bryant off the board. Nick Castellanos, Nelson Cruz, all pretty off much the board. any impact hopeful guy that we had any hopes for gone. is gone. So the team is the team. Yep. And next week we're going to talk to Kyle about the prospects and uh going to do a deep dive into how those guys are doing. And hopefully we have some excitement for that and we can look to the future. But now after the Matt signing and a couple of guys you never heard of signings, are the Cardinals better in 2022 than they opened the season in 2021? Yeah, I don't know, man. I think I mean, you look on paper right now, I think the hope is that they're at least as good. But as good took a 17-game winning streak to get there at the end, right? So I don't know. I mean, it's a tough question to ask. I don't think offensively they got better. No. I mean, I do like the Corey Dickerson signing, and we can talk about that. I think that's a guy um, – I was kind of frustrated when they didn't get Jock, right? It was just, He just got a $6 million deal for one year for the Giants, and I thought apparently we were talking to Jock you know, last offseason. Um, and so I was surprised that they didn't try to get him – but a buddy of mine texted me, put me in my place. He had looked at Dickerson's numbers and Jock's, and he said, you might want to look at this guy. He's actually really good against right-handed pitchers. And, and his splits, if you go look at Corey Dickerson, I think he's like a 288 career hitter. The, OP, the OPS is over 800. The slugging's around 500 or over uh, against right-handers. So I, I don't mind that signing. I think that signing for, for one year, you know, $5 million, not too bad. Puts it. I think it puts a little bit more pressure on those young guys that think maybe they were going to – just slide right in at DH, right? Like Lars Newtbar or, or Juan Yepes, they've got a little bit of competition now, and it's just a five. It's just a five million dollar deal, right? So even if he just tanks and he's not great, well, then you've got Lars, you've got Yepes who can step in. I still think those guys are going to be in play, especially Newtbar. I think he's going to get a lot of chances at DH, but uh, it would not surprise me opening day lineup if Corey Corey Dickerson somewhere in the the bottom half of the lineup DHing. What do you think? Well, yeah. So why is he there? Why do we need him, right? Like that. that if makes, they're really big on these yeah. on these young guys, why go get it? I think they had said that they wanted a left another like a a lefty bat, right? Either to come off the bench or to be DH. I think a lot of us thought that would be Lars, but I mean Lars still a young guy. He's only got like a hundred major league at bats, if that, right? I think they just wanted a veteran. They wanted somebody that's been proven. They wanted somebody that's DH. Because that's a topic I've read a lot about, too. It's like, okay, can a young guy handle being a DH? And at first I thought that was silly to think that way. But if you think about it, as a DH, 
you're constantly thinking about your last at bat. You don't get to go out on the field and be distracted or not distracted. You don't get to go out on the field and have to be focused on playing sure. the field. Right. So it's, I could see like where, your job is to hit. Yeah. That's your job it. is to hit. And so you got to think as, as a young guy who's never done that, they're going to be pretty focused. On, I mean, you could get down on yourself pretty right. easily. You're sitting there on the bench. That's all you're thinking about is your last at bat. Go for over 10 streak and I, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. And so that's mentally. why, that's why I don't hate that signing with him. Cause he's been a, a full-time DH before or, or pretty much. So he's, he's, he's done that. He's been there. And he's not too old. You know, he's won a Gold Glove before. He's had twenty-five ish home run seasons before the Rays. You know, he was an All Star with the Rays one year. Uh, I believe he came up with the Pirates and they traded him to the Rays, and that's where he had some of his best seasons. And he kind of floated around some. But do you think that that uh, the Cardinals? You know, I'll put make that as a blanket statement. You know, Ali Marmol, um, Dewitts, Mo that they don't believe in some of the younger talent. And so they had, because like the outfield is crowded already, right? Right. There's depth there. There's youth there. Whenever I saw that come through, I was like, eh, that's a weird signing. Like the outfield, you know, I expected a, a bench bat to be, I don't know. I don't, I, I expected a bench bat to be more of a bench bat, a utility guy, right. somewhere that can play all over the place, or a true DH type, Albert Pujols, Nelson Cruz, Kyle Schwarber, right. more of those types. And another outfielder, I was kind of taken aback. It was, it was a surprising signing for me. Corey Dickerson, I, I mean, I've, I've heard of him from years and I played uh, with him on the show. I remember, I don't remember years ago and he was good then. Yeah. He was underrated, I thought, but I, I don't know. I thought it was just a weird place. Uh, for to bring a guy in, yeah, it's it's a depth signing. I think it's it's a, I think it's a, a just in case those guys aren't ready, and clearly, they, I mean, they again, I think that they they aren't leaning to wanting to just have Lars or Yepes full time DH. I mean, that's really the big thing I think about, and I think honestly, and this is another thing we can talk about. I think it closes the door on Albert in my book because they got the guy they wanted. Right, clearly, they didn't want just a guy who's DH before. So Corey Dickerson again. Perfectly capable corner outfielder has won a Gold Glove. Not going to hurt you at all defensively out there. That's probably the one big difference between he and Jock. Jock Peterson, not. I mean, he's pretty below average in the corner outfield spots, at least defensively. If you had to put him out there, so you know you want to give a, a guy like Tyler O'Neill a day off in the field, or Harrison Bader a day off in the field. Don't know why you'd want to. They're Gold Glove guys. They're probably not going to be sitting often. But if they needed a day off in the field. You could put Corey Corey Dickerson out there, you know, or if one of those guys get into a slump, or if they get hurt, you've got some depth. Uh, but again, you know, I think I had thought going in the depth or the backup fourth outfielder was Lars Newtbar. So right. that's where I, that's where I see. I think this keeps Lars more as that bench bat fourth outfielder, and Corey Dickerson as more of the top DH guy. You know, and and so I do think I, I hope obviously that Ollie will will play the hot hand. You know, I'm, my God, if we look up and it's three months into the season, and Corey Dickerson is Brandon Moss and Ollie Marmol, or Paul DeYoung, yeah. But if you remember with Brandon Moss, yeah, I mean, just stay, Matheny, stay it, he, he well, was like he would eight. Hit, for, he would hit bombs every you know twenty fifth. Yeah, bat, but then but. he went in that eight for like ninety two, <laughs> or so, and he just kept rolling him out there in the middle of the lineup. Now, right. you can't do that. We, we can't do that. And Ollie, just from the the comments I've seen this off season, at, well, in in the camp now, he seems like he's going to be a guy that wants to play that hot hand and, and wants to play matchup. So I hope he actually does that. I hope he actually does that. If Lars is hitting the cover off the ball and he's you know on a hot streak, like let him keep DHing. You know what I mean? Whoever that is, even if it's Dickerson, I'm fine with that. You know, I, the, I want the DH spot has got to be a productive spot. You know, right. It, it can't be an afterthought. Be. No. And I, that's why I feel like we sit now. We saw the opportunity of all the availability out there. Yep. And then we didn't sign any of it. So frustrating. Let's, let's think about, let's talk about that for a minute. So uh, arbitration is, you know, pretty much all but done except for a couple guys, and we'll talk yeah. about that in a minute. But yeah. but the the payroll is pretty set. We know the couple guys they're they're complaining about a you know a few hundred thousand dollars, I do believe, in, in between here and there. But we'll pass for that on that for a moment. But so we know that the the payroll is pretty set now in the one eighty range. Round one eighty, low one eighty or right at one eighty. Yeah. So this team I don't think improved personally. No. I don't think they got worse. No, I don't think so. But 
I don't think they were very good last year. I think the 15-game win streak... Wait, didn't it? 17. 17. 17-game win streak um, kind of hid the issues on the team. It did. Kind of like when we made the NLCS in 2019. That team was not that good. It wasn't NLCS good. And they got there, so they said, let's ride off, ride it off to the next year. Yep. And so I think it hid a lot of the issues. And we are kind of stuck with the same team, for better or for worse. But we didn't do a lot, but we didn't do the, li- the least. We're not the A's. We're not the Reds selling off. Is it is it okay to be in the middle? We better not be in the middle, <laughs> right? We better not look up in June or July and be in third place like we were last year. But here's the thing. This is how John Mozalak and, and, and Bill DeWitt think, right? What you just said, well, the 17-game win streak, you know, hid how bad they were last year. That's who they could be. That's yes. who they should be is what they And we've think. seen John yeah. Mozalak's comments are, and the team, you know, guys like Goldie, no one said, are. hey, yeah. we, we believe like, if we had gotten past that game of the Dodgers, which granted, they played a great game. All around was a close game. They really think, and Wayno did too, if they had gotten past that game, they would have gone deep. And I do think they would have had a real shot to go deeper. You know, just, well, just, yeah, they were hot at the right time. Exactly. But, but can you ride that? Right. And is that who you truly are? But I think even saying that, well, that 17-game win streak kind of hit how bad they were. True, but I think, I think DeWitt and Mo especially would tell you, yeah, but if we hadn't had a franchise worse June of only winning nine or ten games— we would have been, you know, 95, 96, 97 wins, maybe even right there fighting for the division title. So I do think they would tell you, and I think we would both agree and hope there's not going to be another nine or 10 win month this year. The <laughs> that odds, that, that the, was the also, odds are not likely, right? No, the odds aren't likely of another 17 game That's win right. streak, but they also shouldn't be likely of another month that bad. But if you, if you balance them out, you're at the same spot that you Probably are. Probably so, yeah. Right? You're at 90, I mean, low 90 wins. Right. And, but do but but I think they also do do not think that the Brewers are going to be at what ninety seven, ninety eight wins again. You know that high in the division. That, but why the not? They have one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball. They well, haven't see, improved much. They haven't done anything. A lot like they, us. I mean, they, they did get Renfro as you said yeah, the other day. So a but lot like us. They they they've stand pat. They've stood pat. I don't think they got. I I do think trading off Abasil Garcia for Renfro is a little worse. I I, I mean. Renfro is, Garcia played very well. Yes. Well, he was their best hitter. Yes. You know, 28, 29 home runs. Right. And, and Renfro can do that. He's a power guy, but he strikes out a lot more. The contact rate is terrible. He gets he can get into really bad slumps. So, I, you know, the Brewers clearly are banking. They're like, hey, we had the Cy Young winner, and we had two other guys who were in the top five in Cy Young voting. The, their rotation is exactly the same. Their bullpen is exactly the same. They've still got Hater. They've still got all those young guys. They've got um, the Devin Williams, the young kid, the the St. Louis product with the the devastating changeup. You know they they have three closers in their bullpen as is. So I think they're banking on their pitching again. And the big thing with the Brewers, I mean, they're hoping obviously their fan base and their ownership that Christian Yelich is not going to play like he did last year. I was going to say that. So they and if ba- Yelich plays like he did two or three years ago, then we are in trouble. That's right. So like they're banking on all right. Stan Pat, we have this great pitching staff, and we have an MVP that hasn't played well in two years. Like, he's going to figure it out. Right. And they hope. They hope. And if they do, the Cardinals are getting second. Yeah. They're going to, that team should win close to 100 games, right? The Brewers. My, my hope, well, I don't want to say hope. It's kind of mean to say hope, right? <laughs> Their pitching staff was healthy the entire season, sure. pretty much. I mean, they had no big injuries. Um, you got to think something's going to happen to them. Not to mention, th- there's just no way, right? They have three guys again in the top five of Cy Young. Surely, I mean, maybe. Maybe they're that damn good. Maybe. I mean, but but t- you know, a couple of those guys were like breakout years. We just it never really heard of them. You know, Burns had been coming up for a while, obviously, but I I don't know. I'm still I'm I am in the boat of skepticism of okay, are those guys are those guys that good? You know, plus you've got the checks that started happening, the sticky, you know, spire tag sure. and all that gone. Will that affect some of those guys now that we've got a full season of that? So I think some of that's it's gonna be interesting to see with the pitchers. But yeah, I do think overall the Brewers, their offense didn't get worse. They're a lot like us. They they stayed about the same. And yeah, I mean if Christian Yelich goes back to MVP Christian Yelich, it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough season unless unless we get 
Goldie and Arenado, who are consistently great right out the gate, because both of those guys started off very slow last year, especially Goldie. And Goldie does that every year. He does. That's his a lot like Matt Holiday, right? Yeah, that's his. That's his. What he does, and in the second half, he goes berserk, and and that's a. I mean, we can't have that again. No. We he needs to be a leader and be able to hit right out of the gate, and if not, then we can get buried by a handful of games early. Um, but let's talk about our pitching staff. So we talk about how good or not good, possibly, that the Brewers aren't holding up to that. But Well, and since we last talked, we've got Jack. Yeah. Jack hurt now, so. Jack hurt. Alex Reyes hurt. Do we need more pitching depth? We wanted it. We wanted them to go out and sign guys. Yeah. And they signed Matt, which we was, was a good 3-4 spot. Yeah, I mean, look, when they signed Mats, but now Mats is like a two star, starter, right? Yeah, I mean, you and I look. We're trying to be we're trying to be fair here. We're trying not to just <laughs> you know crap on Mo the whole time. When they signed Mats, I mean, we had Katie Wu on yeah. we, a week before that happened. I I I told her we all talked about it. They want a ground ground ball guy. We we all he, thought we all thought in. it was either going to be Stroman or Mats. Yeah. And, and look, I I think it should have been Stroman. If you look at those numbers, he's a better ground ball pitcher. All that. Clearly, he wanted more money. They didn't want to go that route. And he tweets too much. He tweets too much, yes. <clears throat> I can't wait for the Cardinals <laughs> to just, you know, tear him up this year, hopefully. But Oof. but anyways, yeah, the Matt signing I had no problem with. I thought it was a good signing. But we both sat there and were like, yeah, but it's not going to be enough. I mean, they they should at least have gone and gotten at least one more guy. I thought Zach Grinke would have been a great pick. Now, look, he went back to the Royals. Nostalgia there, I guess. He, he said that was one of his top spots. The Cardinals have been on his no trade list before. He right. doesn't really like them, so maybe he didn't even want to come here. But right. he would have been a great, you know, Wayno type. I mean, he was another that was in the top five in innings pitch last year. He's always been an innings eater, and that's kind of a guy we need right now. Three, you know, under four ERA ideally, but around there that can pitch, you know, a bunch of innings. And I don't know. I mean, that, that fifth spot in the rotation right now is oh, who? Man, is, who? is hashtag internal so, options. So let's so. Number one starter is Wayno. Yep, opening day starter. So number two is going to be Matts. It might be Michaelis. I go to so you, you're going opening day. I'm going to the second game of the season. Yeah, and I'm sitting here thinking, I bet I, I bet it's going to be Michaelis just because he's the next you know highest pay or not highest paid guy, but he's like that veteran guy behind Wayno. We'll see. I hope it's Matts. Okay. I would I would rather have Matts you know go in there and, and have a righty lefty righty and then kind of go back. So but let's we'll let's say it's Matts. But he's yeah he's two or three. Let's sure. say it's then Michael is three. Who's fourth? Who is fourth? Dakota Hudson. Is he's healthy? I haven't seen spring training at all. Of of has he been pitching? Has he? I have been scouting spring training. Man, <laughs> I've been watching. I've been going back and watching these games. He pitched this week was his first start. Uh, so we're recording this March twenty fourth on Thursday. He pitched a couple days ago. Uh, went two innings, around forty pitches. So his big thing, right? is a walk rate. Mm-hmm. And I've said this before, that the big breakout year that Dakota had, where his ERA was low threes, you know, he pitched some really good games. He gets a ton of ground balls. You know, a lot like TJ McFarlane. Great. A ton of ground balls, which you want to see. But, man, he struggles walking guys sometimes. And ran into that a little bit yesterday. Went two innings, uh, didn't give up any runs. Fastball was mid to high 90s which was great, and he had the sinker ball working. So, I mean, he looked he looked pretty good. I mean, it's still, you know, these, these starters right now, they're only throwing one or two innings right now. They're, they're around the 40, 50 pitch mark. They're still working them up to the next week or two. But, yeah, he's for sure going to be, I think, in that four spot. Is he going to pitch as well as a second half, J.A. Happ, or uh You got to hope so. Hey, they pitched well this, they did. whenever we traded for him. Lester especially. I Le- mean, he— yeah. Yeah, Jay Happ had the had the blow up game yes. you, that you went to in Cincinnati yes. that was very forgetful. The double the double header and the we were on a run and then yep. second the second game just yeah imploded in like yeah. the second or third inning. That was but that was like the only bad start he yes. had. I mean he and Lester were you know good for five so or six. Well, Hudson put up similar numbers. I and think I, and he I think should. if he does, that's fine. I think if he's healthy, he should. He should be a five or six inning guy that's going to give up around three runs or less. All right, I, so, I, which is which is solid for that's fine for the four spot. It's that fifth spot right now that we're worried about, right? Because Jack's gone. Let me ask you then. So Dickerson, right? Dickerson, not Dickinson. I'm, not, I'm confusing. Corey ba- Dickerson? Yeah. Dickerson, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm, not, I'm confusing basketball, NCAA, Dickinson <laughs> and Dickerson. Did people worry that Dickerson's signing was to be able to trade off a new bar? 
or some someone else, one of those outfielder guys. I've even seen Bader worry of trades to be That's able been to the conspiracy yeah, theory to right? go Oakland. get uh, a pitcher in Oakland. Yep. So I, I look. I mean, we've seen those rumors, and it sounds like a very John Mosaic move to go get one of those guys. Uh, I do not think Harrison Bader is going to be in any trade whatsoever. I think that they're looking at, I, I think the Cardinals look at the outfield right now and think, oh my God, we are finally set in the outfield. No more Randall Gritchick, Stephen Piscotty, Tommy Pham on the cover of Cardinals magazine. This is the future. How many times did we hear that with the outfield? I think it, I think we're actually there now and that's exciting. I don't think they're going to do anything with the outfield. I don't think Harrison Bader's going anywhere. Um, I love Lars. He's a fan favorite already. He's fun. You know, when he comes up, yeah. everybody's cheering. Uh, All the it, girls like him in his uh, in his boxer swing in the bat. You see yeah. that that yeah. video? <laughs> yeah, he's he he's clearly fun. I mean, he brings energy. But look, if if he's one of the pieces that's hanging up a trade for Sean Mania yeah. or Frankie Montes, I'm sorry, you got to make that trade. Our outfield depth's better than it's never you know better it's than it's ever been. been, especially with Corey Dickerson. Now. Especially that's, with Corey Dickerson now, it's, the uh, conspiracy theory makes sense. Yes, because I say, why did we make that that signing? But if we're thinking about shipping someone off for a pitcher, it makes sense. Now, right. let's say we're full strength. We have all five of who we think are going to be the starters, including Flaherty. Yes. Okay. He's in. Oh, I don't think that there's even a thought of that that trade. If that's what you're going to ask with well, the A's, if if Flaherty's healthy. Yeah, but we're talking about two weeks supposedly of without Flaherty. Why would they make that trade? A trade similar to that, if He's going to be fine. Yeah, so that was the other thing with Jack, right? Like, there was clearly some uh, frustration between him and Mo. Because you had Mo coming out saying, well, you know, Jack's a human being. If he had issues in the offseason, you know, he could seek medical advice. He could go to a doctor. Like, nothing in the lockout prevents that, you know. And Jack on the other end, I will say, kind of sounded like he was blaming the lockout. Well, I couldn't yeah. communicate with the team. I couldn't all this. And I get it. Look, he, you know, he, he, maybe he didn't know for sure if he should, if he should do that. And to Jack's defense, he, he said like, Hey, this is coming out. Cause there's two separate issues, right? There's the fatigue he's having in his shoulder now that he had to get the, the PRP for. And then there's that slap. They call it a slap tear, slight tear. And he said, Hey, you know, this is just coming out. I've had this for years now. So he's been pitching with that, that tear for years has never had the the discomfort that he's had now. He he said and he followed up and said in an article that I read that he he believes that that fatigue you know the reason he had to get the the uh, PRP injection was uh just because of some soreness he had coming back from the oblique last year where he was probably kind of compensating he had he had messed up his mechanics a little bit. So he said, "Hey, it's a mechanic issue. I think I've got it figured out." Got the PRP injection. But the, the thing with the PRP injection is he can't throw for two weeks. So that's two weeks that he can't throw. So, you know, he can start then throwing again at two then weeks. Then he's got to, well, then he's got to be reevaluated. It's yeah. going to take at least another two weeks to get him built back up in the minors start. So he's out for at least the first month of the season. Well, and so my wife, doctor of physical therapy. So I said, hey, tell me what, what this means on both Alex Reyes and on uh, Jack Flaherty. And they're both tears in the shoulder that require surgery, usually. Like, that's what she sees, and that's what she deals with, sports injuries mostly. And she said, this is usually a normal surgery thing. Now, the slap tear is not as bad. Yeah, but from, from what it sounds like, Reyes, I mean, they call it the frayed right labrum. Yeah, that's torn ra- rotator cuff yeah, that's what she said. Like That's, that's rough. She said, that's, that's surgery, you're toast. Maybe we should get her on the stream, and we can she can break down what the, the doctor parts are. But they're both tears in the... In, for a rotator cuff that are not... He's not getting surgery, by the way. Right. Reyes. Right, but... He did the stem cell injection. But that is a hope, but he can't hope throw, and see. He can't same throw as the for PRP. four weeks, though. Right. It's the yeah. hope and see. Let's see if this magically fixes it, and we're just delaying the inevitable. At some point, he's going to have to have a surgery. Maybe it's at so. the, Maybe it's at the end of the season if he somehow gets through it, but there's going to be a surgery at some point. So... We have Oviedo, don't forget, last year never won a single game, but pitched really oh, well. He, he, he pitched really he well should at have, times. There were several games he we, should have won. And we I have, mean, there's one game against the Marlins. He threw seven. He was a seven scoreless. Yeah. And they and blew lost. it. Yeah. yeah. So some of those were not his fault. Then we had Woodford, right? Um, I think he might be the front runner, man, to be that, that fifth spot. For I mean, and I'm not trying to hate on Jake Woodford. I just think that 
I think we've seen his ceiling. I think last year was his ceiling. I think he pitched a little above his ability. He he was solid. He was not bad. I mean, he was going five or six and giving up three or less runs, which is not bad at all for a fifth, but I don't think he can sustain that. So if those are the options... It doesn't excite me. Okay, if those are the options, Jack Flaherty or not, Jack, let's say Jack Flaherty is good and able to go, should they still have another depth piece? Should there still be another yeah. Manaya or Montez, whatever the, the two... There, should there still be another move there? In, I mean, in, if you're losing Newt Bar, I mean, if you're losing that, you're, you got to give up something, and right. they, they want something that's cost-effective, the A's do. Right, and I think that's why they still have those guys. I don't think they're right. getting the big pieces that they want. So for those who don't know, Sean Manaya, I think he's he's a free agent after this year. So they yeah, just they so just they, they got they just agreed with him on arbitration numbers. He's the highest paid player on the team right now because they've traded everybody else. I think he's making twelve million this year. So he's a free agent after this season. I think he's thirty. So he's going before the All Star. Yes. I mean, before they're going to trade, trade him. They what, know he's gone. Montas, uh, Frankie Montas, uh, both those guys. ERAs low threes. Great seasons last year. I think Montas had like two hundred and fifteen Ks in one hundred and eighty something innings. So he's got a little bit more strikeout stuff, but. Uh, there's control over him still for the next two seasons. So this season and next. So he's controllable for the next two years. So I've read now that they're thinking maybe they might keep him or if they're not getting, you know, the prospects they want, they're they're more hard on will be will will be tough ask on him, but not so much Manaya. So but yeah, to your question, I mean, yeah, probably so with the rotation, right? Because the other part of this that we're not talking about is like even if we had Jack right now, Wainwright's 40 years old. Yes. Can he do it? Can he? And I hope he can because, gosh, it's his last year. I want to see it. Right. I, every time I've doubted him, he has proven me wrong, and I've gladly like ate it and wore it because I love seeing him succeed. But he's 40 years old now. Michaelis pitched, what, 20, 30 innings? Like, he, 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 he has, he's not pitched more than 100 innings he only in forever. He had, like, five decisions last year. Dakota Hudson came back at the end of the year, helped a little bit in the bullpen, coming back from Tommy John surgery. Right, so how many innings can you count on these guys anyway? To your point, e- either way, you need more depth. So I saw some guy arguing with you on Twitter about what do you just want Dewitt to sign everyone? Like, yeah, like, but they, <laughs> that's what I. I it's like, not our money. It, but also, you have to have a plan. Yes, there has it, to be some sort of plan in place. And Oviedo, the, the frustrating part of this plan is you've tried this plan. Yes. You did this last, last year, year with the internal options. Right. So are we better this year than last year? Did you ever answer that fully, by the way? I did not. Are we I better this year same. than last year? They're the same. We are, We have stayed the same. God, hopefully our bullpen's better, but we just lost Alex. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's we lost Alex. We and, lost... And we, don't, um, we don't know what Hicks is. We don't know... Yeah. Yeah. There's right. a lot of injury question marks there, and yeah, that worries me, man. I mean, they're clearly banking on these younger guys to see what they could do, but, I mean, I still don't think... Libertor's not going to be the fifth starter. I mean, I just read earlier that that he he's not even going to get a start at the spring training. So the new MLB.com Cardinals beat writer, John, um, we're supposed to have him on at some point. I've got to find his last name here. It's escaped me at the moment. But he he reported earlier, John Denton, um, yeah, that, that Libertor's not even going to get a spring start, that he's only going to be coming in having relief appearances. So he he's not... If you're thinking Matthew Libertor's time is right now, it's not going to happen. He's not starting out the season as a fifth starter. They want him starting in, in AAA, getting his time in. I could see him up if Jake another Woodford, another injury, another or, injury, yeah, to which isn't impossible, right? right. To Michaelis or Hudson again, or Jake Woodford, Oviedo, you know, some of these other two random guys that they signed for Hagen, some of these, you know, these guys, they these journeymen that they picked up, uh, just are are doing terrible. So I think. I don't think we're going to see Matthew Libertor until September call-up unless we have another big injury to a starter. But all that to say to your point, yes, they need to be making a trade. If they're not going to go sign somebody, which I still don't understand, you know, even if it's a bad, bad one- or two-year deal, it's just money. Like, I love that we've made great trades for Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnato. Great trades. I think anybody would say that, right? They're great trades, but... In these situations that we're in now, like, wh- why does it have to be a trade? Why do we have to give up more prospects? Why couldn't you just have gone and thrown the money at Marcus Stroman or whoever, you know, Robbie Ray or whoever, you know, I mean, obviously we were never going to be in on these big pitchers that were, you know, top tier Cy Young, but there were some other, like, you know, wh- what does it matter if we gave Carlos Rod- Rodon, you know, 40 million for two years? 
Like, I, I don't know why I would flip out over that or you or anyone would flip out. Over it. It's not our money. And at the end of the day, even if it doesn't work out, it's just money. Like, you, you haven't lost prospects. I think they're, sh- I think they're, uh, I, I think they're upset about the Cecil deal. The, um, I'm trying to think of all the bad deals. I think people are, are worried. I think Mo is worried about those deals. The Andrew Miller deal, the retired now. He retired uh, as of today, tonight. Uh, I think. Let, all- let me ask you this, though. So, if you could go back in time when we needed an outfielder, right? If we had signed a guy, say, like, you went to Cespedes. If we had signed, if we had signed him to a three, four year deal, whatever it was that he got, didn't work out clearly. That didn't work out for the Mets for a variety of different reasons. But let's say the same thing happened to us. And at the end of that, you're out the money. Would you have rather that happened or would you have made the. Marcelo Zuna trade again. Because now we're looking at the Marcelo Zuna trade two years later. If we're looking at the exact same eyes, like we still have Sandy Alcantara, yeah, give me Sandy Alcantara. Exactly. So at the end of the day, he's 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 probably a top five starter in the league this coming year. Do you think the Mets owner is like, man, oh, that money we gave Cespedes? Like maybe, maybe, because it was the previous owner anyways. But at the end of the day, like they didn't have to give up prospects for him. You know what I mean? Like we gave up. Hindsight's always 20-20, right? I know Alcantara wasn't always – like – I think all of us would have freaked out if Alex Reyes had been the name in that trade instead of Alcantara, right? He was the top prospect at the time. He right. never had the injuries. I get it. He, he was but, always, but he also wanted, traded we were always Zach, waiting for Alex Reyes to do something. Yeah, but and I wouldn't have been tra- shocked if he was sent off in that trade either, though. Exactly. But we also traded Zach Galen in that trade. And a lot of people forget about him. He's been fantastic with the Diamondbacks because the Marlins went and flipped him to the Diamondbacks, and then he, he was great with them. So those are two guys right there. It's like... Again, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but in my mind now, I'm like, I don't understand why we are not really ever in free agency. Well, we got to keep the payroll around one hundred eighty million. Why? Like, why? We've talked about this. I just sent you a tweet earlier today. The Cardinals evaluations on Forbes are the seventh, like, the seventh most profitable team in baseball, two point eight billion or whatever it is. Worth, you know, team right, worth. Team worth. They're yeah. right outside that top five of, you know, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Cubs, all, all those guys, the Giants. Ginormous markets. Why, why, why are we 12th, 13th, 14th in payroll in baseball? Like why, why are we just okay with middle of the row of that? Like if, if you're seventh most profitable, why aren't we in the top 10 of payroll each year? Why, why can't the payroll be bumped up to 200, 210 million? It's because DeWitt doesn't want to spend that. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that, right? Because we are the number one winningest NL franchise in baseball history. Right. But we don't draft like the Rays. So it's, there's got to be, it's got to be one or the other. If we're not going to, you know, be drafting and scouting prospects as good as the Rays, then you need to be spending some money. Of course, I don't expect the Cardinals to spend money like the Mets or the Dodgers. I know that's not going to happen. But there's no reason to me that payroll can't be 200, 210, 220 million, especially with that threshold at 230 now. You're not even getting, you're not getting close to the lux, you know that luxury tax. Well, and I, I think about it. Uh, we we talked about Dewitt in a in his tight wallet, and we talked about the business side of it. In that same article that you sent to the via Twitter, it said that they lost an operating according to Forbes that the Cardinals lost 30 million in 2021. Right. Now, is, no, I, yeah, I didn't see. I wonder where that came from. Yeah, like what? How did they? How did they extrapolate those those numbers? How did right. they get to there? And that's what uh, Derek Gould commented and said. Yeah, they're not a public company. Like you don't know, you don't see their books. You don't know how they lost it or how they made money. But then they're also, never going to open those up. And that also doesn't include Ballpark Village and all the money that comes from it. So did they really lose thirty million? Probably not. Right. But if you look at it from a business sense, no, they're not going to spend more money because they're not bringing in more money. But if they had more, they had better guys on the field. If you lengthen that lineup with a story or a Correa, you have a better lineup. And guess what? More people are going to come there, and more people are going to spend excitement. money. You're going to have more people in the seats. Now you got to sign them at twenty million dollars. Is that going to bring in twenty million more dollars? Well, maybe because they're going to go to Ballpark Village. They're gonna go to your hotel. Stay that you, at your hotel. You, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna buy those brand new apartments <laughs> to stay in right above the. Look, they might have lost that thirty something million, like on the cardinal side of the business business. But like you said, that's not including ballpark village. That's not included. You know all the all those things that Dewitt has. 
he didn't lose money last year. There's there's and no if he way. Did, if he did and he's complaining about it, then please sell the team. Yeah, and look, like Jock like Jock Peterson said. Yeah, and just I know, sell your team if you're not not interested in in spending money, then sell your team. Yeah, and look, I have a buddy who's like, what you expect us to spend money like you know Steve Cohen and the Mets like. The Mets are gonna, you know, they're gonna be out of the playoffs again. They're not, not gonna make it. Maybe not, but at least he's going for it. It's not like all those signings that the Mets did. Like you can't look at those signings that they made and say, "Yeah, those are good players. They should make you better." Starling Marte in center field should make you better. Max Scherzer back to back with Jacob yeah. Degrom should make you better. If that if they get injured, if they have down years. Is, is that his fault? No, he still went out to try to make he, the team better. He attempted it. So me as a fan looking at today, I look at Steve Cohen and say, I would I would love to have him as the owner of my team, because that's a guy who's not concerned about making money for the team. He he's wants a, to win. He's a fan. He wants to bring a championship there. He it's like he's like a kid playing. Right, you know, MLB the, the show yeah, on franchise mode. He's like, I'm going to do all I can to get the best players because I want to win. I don't care how much it costs me. Every fan in baseball should love to have an owner like that. I would. I mean, I would. I get that it's a business. I get, you know, that they want to be savvy, some of these guys. But, man, I mean, you look at the way he talks and the way he's spending money. It's like the guy just cares, but he just wants to win a championship. I would and that's just, kind of exciting to watch and listen to. I would just like to see the Cardinals do a little of both. Have really intelligent people. You spend some of that money on really good people and really good evaluators to find your next guy coming up. Because I've been waiting Start and waiting and waiting. Start scalping some of the Rays scouts, Gosh, man. I've been waiting for the, the the next good Cardinals to come through since, I mean, you, how many times have we heard, oh, this guy, oh, this guy is the dude. Be, yep. We've been doing that since Pujols, right? And every guy's been shadowed because of what Pujols came to be. But we've been waiting for that next guy. So I, I would like to see a little bit of of both of those things put together. You know, you're going to help your team in free agency. And then also you have the really good guys coming up. And we're going to talk to Kyle next week, and hopefully he can tell us what our real thoughts could be about that next real guy. But one of the biggest gripes that get come back to you and on Twitter I've been seeing is, well, they traded for Arenado and they, and they traded for Goldie. And those are big contracts, that's obviously. But that's great. But you know what would happen if they didn't do those moves? They did those moves in the point where the Cardinals were going to be terrible oh, yeah. if they didn't make those moves. Matt Carpenter could not play first base right. anymore. He wasn't good <laughs> defensively to begin with, but that was we let it go because he was having he was he was hitting well and then it all went downhill. What happens if we don't have Arenado in the lineup? Oh my gosh. If we man. don't make the move. These moves happened. Sosa's probably playing third base. It happened out of necessity yeah. because the Cardinals were going to be terrible. Yes. So, yes, they improved the team. Yes, they took on a big contract, but they had to because they, they were going to go sub-500. Yes. If you don't make either of those moves, the Cardinals are not in the playoffs any of those years, and they are not any good. No. So they just got them over that little baby hump, and all we wanted was a little bit more because again, if you put an actual hitting shortstop in the damn lineup in that run, this lineup gets really strong. And you, you're putting Bader and Tommy towards the bottom. This lineup gets so long yep. and actually competes in the National League. Yeah. And without those two signings, yes, thank you, Bill DeWitt, for making the trades. Thank but you. But they're Mo. also saying thank you, Rockies, for giving us fifty right. million. Thank you, Nolan. For backloading your contract and reworking it for us. Right. So we're paying you way later. Thank you, Goldie, for for probably taking a very team-friendly deal. Let's be honest. The yeah. deal that Goldie got, he could have gotten a lot more if he wanted to. But he wanted to stay, thankfully. And, and, and they he would like to win. Yes. That's a part of it, too. I, I mean, want to see Goldie. Win. I want to see both of these guys oh, win. Gosh. And, I, and I think that there, there does need to be more. So now we're at the point where, for me, I know pools probably isn't going to happen. But it's like, you didn't go out and get anyone, spe- you know, uh, Big impact, yeah, top tier. So now I'm kind of like, I mean, at least sign Albert. It's like I'm, I'm honestly kind of surprised they haven't done that because Dewitt's got to know if he did that. Well, that's going to put a lot of butts in the seat. The, I just nostalgia alone. Yachty and Wayno's last year. Albert coming in with a chance to you know get up to seven hundred. Like I'm, I'm honestly surprised it hasn't happened. I don't think there's a fit anymore. I don't think there's a spot for him unless Yepes just looks terrible in the next week and a half or so. Or Brandon Donovan, or some of these guys that are trying to get a spot, and they say, oh, "Well, maybe we we should do get a split platoon guy that can come off the bench or be DH against right-handed pitchers or left-handed pitchers as well." But yeah, I I don't know, man. I mean, I 
that that part of it was frustrating to me because, like you said, it all goes back to that first question: Are they better than last year? I think they're the same. Yeah, and I think you could argue honestly that they're worse because at least going into last year, Jack was healthy. I mean, he was nine and zero. He was on his way to the All Star game. Yes, probably maybe even starting it. I mean, yes. he, he was that good. The first half was the, spectacular. The happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we don't even have that going into. The, <laughs> I mean, we got to the second day of spring training, third day, and he he and Alex are you know Reyes are out. So it's like. Yeah, I mean, it's pitching wise. I, I'm pretty worried right now. Yes. Well, I'm usually pretty positive. I try to be, anyways. I try to be pretty positive, and uh, and I feel like maybe I'm just the negativity is rubbing off on me. But I feel like there's got to be an apathy with the the fan base of what are we doing here, and um, and I think that that's going to come to a head if the Cardinals are you know under 500 in the first 10 20 games. Because they're going to be like, wait, what's what are we doing? Why didn't we get any better? And to sign Pujols would still make sense for the fan part of it to actually get people to give a crap, really. Yeah. Now, you know, we're, what, two weeks from opening day. Yep. And it's going to sell out like it always does, I'm sure. Now, yeah. if, it, if it doesn't, then that will tell me something, right? But it's going to sell out. Tickets are well, especially being full full capacity yes. from the get go. Yeah, but tickets are the well. That was the big thing last year. Was like, ah, eh, you know, COVID was still lingering. That's why people didn't show up. That's why we only got to two and a half million fans. Or whatever that's what they're hoping, right? So what happens on opening day? Tickets are more than I've ever seen on opening day, ever. I've been to opening day fifteen plus straight years, and tickets on opening day are more than I've ever seen them ever be. Even last year when it was just you know partial capacity, they still were they were pretty high. Right, but like. For instance, to sit behind home, uh, home plate on the weekend that you're going like Saturday, Sunday, is like 70 bucks to sit behind home plate. To sit behind home plate on opening day is over $400 for the same ticket. That's wild. Yeah. So the tickets are outrageous. And so they're wanting more and more people to get in the seats and they're bumping this pr- the prices up more than I've ever seen. But there's nothing more bringing you in about the product that's on the field. Like, I am not excited for the season. I'm so happy the lockout's over, and I'm ready for baseball season. But then I think about baseball season with the St. Louis Cardinals, and I don't get excited. Yeah. That's kind of... <laughs> I mean, would, do you think you'd be saying that if Jack was healthy? Like, no. Would, would you be... Would yes, you yes feel, I would be saying that still. Yeah, so you would still be saying yes. that? Yes. Okay. But J- Jack that, is that's a big... That's really what's gotten Jack me is a big is a big part yeah. of it. And I think we are worse now than we were last year. Going yeah, back to the original I mean, question, I think we are worse now at this this point in the season, you know, to about to open up than we were last year because Jack Flaherty to me is that teetering point. If Jack is healthy and ready to go like last year, I think we're pretty much the same. If he comes back, you know, first starts May fourth, fifth, and he's good to go the rest of the season, I think we'll I think we'll be okay. I think they can get through the the first month. I think yeah. I think they can figure out a way to get through the first month. But yeah, I mean, schedule's pretty weak in the first month too. The games yes. you'd be wanting to win and easily it would, take it over. Been even, it would have been even weaker if the first week of the season hadn't gotten you know yeah. wiped. Well, and, we'll and still get to play those games, but there'll at, be double yeah. headers and things that the, it's hard to win. Into the first week of October, they're just pushing the season three days later. But we're getting much. some extra double headers because of it too, right? Yes. Yeah. So we'll, yeah, we play we play hard. four games, a four game series again at Wrigley this year. So oh. hopefully we sweep all four of those again. Which is hard to win two games in a. In one day. Oh, yeah. So, like, you know. Let's I did say, it on my birthday last let, year. Let's say the Cubs are really bad, like they're supposed to be. Like, they're going to lose, hopefully, 100. Yes. It's going to be hard to lose 100 games for the Cubs because of the Pirates and the Reds yeah. in the same con- in the same division. They, but They picked up some some pretty solid rotation pieces. Yeah. So, I don't I don't think they'll, they won't be, I don't think they'll be close to 100, I wish. 100 losses. But, yeah. I, they're they're going to be down there with the Pirates they're down. The they're going to be down. So, it's really hard to Reds even Reds might be worse than them this year, A honestly. down team twice, though, in the same day. It's right. hard to sweep a doubleheader, even against a bad team. Yeah. So, like... Well, and the doubleheaders this year are going to be nine innings instead of seven, which I think makes it even harder, honestly. I mean, they're two not, nine-inning games in a day, I think, you know. I'm glad that they are. But yeah. did you see that too? They're still keeping the ghost, ghost runner run. thing. I hate yeah. that. That's another thing we could get into. But yeah, it's. I think because of the rotation, I would say yeah, going into the season, on paper, not as good as last year. Now, hopefully, I do. I do have hope that the offense has figured it out. You know, I said I said it last year with you. Nolan, first season with a new team, didn't know what to expect. By his standards, wasn't great, but still led the team right <laughs> in all the big categories. You know. Um, same thing with Goldie. I mean, Goldie, his first year with us was a little 
it compared to his numbers was down. And then he was fantastic second, third season. He's, you know, been with us. I think it's going to be the case for Nolan this year. He's already talked about how he's more comfortable. He's already talked about how he's been working on his swing. I mean, he's clearly motivated that like, like he knows, he knows last year wasn't enough. I mean, he said that he said that. So I think he's going to be locked in even, even sooner. So I do think the offense, I do have hope that the offense is going to be better, especially having a DH. I mean, my gosh, it can't be, it can't be yeah, worse. But everyone with everyone else gets a DH too. Like it doesn't. That is true. It, it is, like, I'm talking for us for our offense. I want to move. I, I want to move on, but I want to. I want to still say. You know, I tweeted out uh, on our Twitter page at that's the winter pod about the disappointment here is it's Yachty and Wayno's last year. They deserve better. And they, I thought, <laughs> naive me thought they were going to do something to actually try and push us to a World Series contender. Yeah. And they I deserve thought, better. And, and their thought, contracts are off the books after this season. Right. You know, even if they're, you know, like Wayno's making what, close to 20 or maybe right at I 20. Think, I think I mean, they're it, combined 35, 35 million. 40, yeah. yeah, 35, 40 I mean, million, they, they, something like that. They gave them healthy contracts, yes. for the, but, but it's their last season. Right. Those are off the books. So, like, and go, speaking go of off the books, wasn't it all once that Carpenter contract falls off? Oh, mm-hmm. once those. That's what it always is. All those bad com- contracts fall off, then we'll be ready to spend. And it's their final season, and I I just thought they would try to get us there, to push yeah. for those guys. And all the years that you've put in, thank you so much. Let's just go try and run it back one more time. Nope. And instead, they're saving money and they're penny pitching. Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader. We could talk about that. Yes, that's where I wanted to go next. So I want I wanted to switch gears and go and talk about Tyler O'Neill. The only two. Those are the Bader. only two players that didn't, didn't have an agree arbitration. to contracts. Yeah. yeah. So they'll be going to arbitration hearings during the season, which mm-hmm. is a new wrinkle this year because of right. how late it started. And I, you know, I watched some clips of Tyler O'Neill talking about it, and he was not happy. He was not happy about it. I mean, he said yeah, well, they it, weren't very far apart. The numbers, right? I mean, seven hundred fifty thousand, which yeah. which should not be a lot. Which is a lot to the guy that's only been making six hundred thousand yeah. dollars the last yeah. few years. Which goes years. up to seven hundred this year, but right? Yeah. So his quote was, "I'm not going to lie. This is Tyler O'Neill. I'm not going to lie. I was a little surprised, and I thought there was going to be a little more urgency in the matter, but unfortunately, there wasn't. So we're in the situation that we are. Now he did say at the end of this, you know, he was asked about it, you know, being a distraction and things like that. Um, you know, he he said that 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 won't be the case, uh, that his confidence is where it needs to be. Uh, I'm trying to find the quote here at the end. My confidence is that X factor in the sixth tool you can't grade. Uh, said O'Neill, who admitted that he would be happy to discuss a long-term extension in the Cardinals if they show interest. I've taken strides in the confidence department. I really belong. I can hit in the middle order. So he you know, obviously said it's not going to be a distraction. But look, I mean, if, if you don't know how these arbitration hearings go, it, it's literally like the team saying – well, here's why we think you're worth this much, and you do you don't do X X X X X, and you do the and it's Tyler O'Neill saying, but I did X X. It's like it's like it's not a comfortable situation for either for either right. parties. Um, it, so yeah, I mean, and I hate that that's happening during the season because it can be a distraction. I mean, for sure. So do we think it hurts their chances to sign these guys long term? What well, do you think, Bader and and O'Neill? Look. Because you're arguing over less than a million over, let's be honest here, Tyler O'Neill was our best all-around. He and Goldie. But Tyler, I think, best, best all, overall, overall best player. Overall all-around player last year. Definitely. On the, on, and he's on the going field. to make $20 million a year at some point. Yes. Maybe not with the Cardinals, but he's going to make that kind of money at some point if he plays like he did last year and how yes. he had part of the season the year before. So I, I'm not saying go out right now and give the guy a $100 million extension, right? It, it, that was his breakout season. It's It's one good season, right? We've seen him do that before with Matt Carpenter or especially Paul, Paul DeYoung. Now, that was a team-friendly contract, but it's like, are you going to bank on it? Now, right. If you want to give him that money again, it's not my money. It's it's not going yeah, to hurt my feelings if you give him that. And You really hope and think that that's who he is, and if he is, then it'll be a great contract. And I'm sure O'Neill, unlike Jack Flaherty and maybe even Bader, would take an extension that maybe you know looks team-friendly now because he's, I mean, he's he's not quite a late bloomer, but he's going to be 27 this year. I mean, he it's taken him a few years yeah. to figure it out, right? And so I could see him, I, I think between the two, we ha- we're more likely to get him on extension sooner than Bader. 
just because Bader kind of seems more like the guy who's going to hold out for more money. He seems a little bit more cocky, but just to me. I, I love both of them. I See, I mean, I'm not a Bader fan. I think he's a great defender, and I think that's all he is. I don't think... He was a lot better offensively and, last and year. And I, I think that he he did play better, but he can't lead off. Like, where he with his speed, no. I would love to see well, him hitting in the leadoff so spot. So he's a guy, and, and we can talk... We'll get into more of this of the season, but the leadoff spot is one that I hope Ollie will, much like he's been talking about with the, the closer role, hey, it's not just going to be one guy. Seventh inning, eighth inning could be a closing situation, too. So I, I really hope he plays matchups on leadoff, too. Because that's what the league's ba- going to. Matchups Bader, in general is what the league's going to. Bader tears lefties up, and I I would love to see him leading off or at least get the chance. To How lead, does Dickerson to lead do off. with lefties? Oh no, not good at all. Yeah, he's not going to be starting against lefties at but all. So so Albert does very well with lefties. Yes, that's where he still makes sense because we need someone to hit right. left-handed bat batters unless, unless you uh, think pitchers. It, yeah, unless you think it's going to be Epes or this other kid, which we'll talk about a lot next week, Brandon Donovan. Yeah, utility guy. Got a lot of Tommy Edmund type type features. I think he might even be a switch hitter too. But he's been doing very well early on in camp. He is the, he is the cheapest option for the Dewitts, so course, that would yeah. make sense. But back to Bader and and, uh, and O'Neill briefly. Look, I think O'Neill should be the cornerstone of this of this team going forward. You have uh, Goldie getting up in years. You have Arenado, who's going to be there as long as he doesn't opt out next year. But he's going to be there. But I think it should be a, a Arnado and O'Neill as the two dudes. Yeah, I mean that's, and I think that's moving what, forward. Yes, uh, yes, absolutely. And I, and I think that you should pay him accordingly. And I think, you, and I don't think it should be tomorrow. But I think you should say, stop BSing over seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, make keep him happy, and then go sign him next year if he proves it once again, and then go get him and and go sign him to a team friendly but also O'Neill friendly. Contract. Yeah. That's my thing. Because that, in the open what, market, he's going to be a lot more expensive if yes. there's other teams out there. And you know who's not going to sign him? Us. Yes. And I think that that's my frustrating thing with the trading of numbers is, do I think, I mean, you look at his season last year. I mean, he was worth, you know, 20, 25, yeah. 30 million. I mean, just, just based off the numbers, the war, all that stuff. So my hope would have been that they at least would have, like, offered a make good number. Five, six, seven. Million. In my mind, he should he should be making at least five or six million. Even I mean, Jack got five and was hurt for three fourths of the season. You know, and I don't think Jack's a cardinal going forward after no. his, his contract. No, and that's another guy too. I don't I, think it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, we might not be offering him a big extension anyways if he can't if he can't right. stay healthy. I mean, guy, the guy's clearly great when he's healthy, but I mean, we're you know almost three years now of. Now I do think last year was was a freak thing. It was oblique. It was it was hitting. It was because he was hitting. It happened when he was hitting. That's obviously not going to be the case anymore. So we'll see with him. But yeah, O'Neill, man, I think they should be trying to lock him up. Obviously, I hope he goes out there and has another great season, and then they get right into contract. I think if he goes out and does close to what he did last year, or the same thing, or better, they're going to be you all over him. him. You've got to. But You've he has more extend. leverage at that point too, though. Exactly. Well, so we actually have more control. Still team control. Yeah, but I'm saying in than, general, than like whenever you say, whenever he says, let's go and talk about a contract, right? And you waited another year and he's putting up top five MVP numbers again, right? Then he has more leverage to say, nah, I want more. Yeah. This year, you could get into that team friendly deal, Paul DeYoung style, and take the risk. Yep. You know, you could he do is that. He's 27 right now. He, we have control over him through 2025. So O'Neill can't be an unrestricted free agent until 2025. Bader, I believe, is after 2024. So Bader, we've still got three more, including this right. this season. I think next year's the year to sign him to a, a you know. I think they're both. I think they should be both contract extension candidates. Honestly, I mean, you we can, did we you know, buy out two years of arbitration. Yes, which is means he's going to make more money those two years than he would have because of the new bigger contract. Yep. And the team is going to have to pay more than they would have, which is showing good faith, right? Right. And then you're going to get a few more years off that as well because you're already going to get those two years. So you're probably talking about a five-year contract. Yeah. But again, you never know with these guys taking team-friendly contracts. I mean, they they want that guaranteed money because at the end of the day, again, it took Tyler O'Neill a little while to get here. He's had his fair share of random injuries too, whether it be thumb, you know. Uh, I mean, he, you know, early on he was – they were saying he, he wasn't quite um, – 
you know, flexible enough because he was so so beefy. So yeah, he, you know, he, baseball he worked, shape. Yeah, he worked <laughs> on that. Because I'll be honest, I mean, every time he dies in the outfield, I kind of like I get a little nervous because he's so big. It, you just worry like something's gonna get hurt. But he, he, you know, he was he's always fine. Now Bader, I think if Bader stays league average offensively and keeps doing what he's doing defensively, I would love for them to lock him up. I mean, he he is. He's the best center fielder in the National League for sure, maybe in baseball. I mean, you really go look at the numbers. The guy won a gold glove in 110 games. Yeah. Like, oh, his defense, I, you cannot knock you his defense. Yeah. You can't. You really can't. And he's he fun makes, to watch. He makes stupid um, plays when he's not paying attention, like the first spring training game maybe it was, and he was going to deke the guy running to third or whatever. Oh, yeah. And he Ball just, got past him. And he does that because yeah. he's – He's overthinking it, yeah. but it, defense is not his problem. And yeah. no, not at all. And you know, you 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 have three. I mean, three dudes that can win the Gold Glove in the outfield. Yeah, I think that Carlson will win one at one point. All of them have plus now, arms, plus speed. Plus they're glove. great right fielders in the National League. That a lot of them, but I still think that Carlson at some point will win a Gold Glove. Yeah, and he is a guy. You know, we haven't really talked about him a lot. Um, you talk about you asked how spring training is going. He's looked like one of our best hitters early on. He he and Goldie already look look locked in. If you're just looking at the games at the numbers, I mean he's been he's been ripping the ball on both sides of the plate. And I can't believe I'm saying it and you won't want to hear it. But uh the guy that's probably hitting the ball the hardest right now is actually Paul DeYoung. <laughs> you well, look, you I look at the exit hey, velocity. I stuff. want him to do well. Well, yeah, well at w- this point now, like we, we want to no hear it. We, we don't have any other options. There's no options. Even if if he started doing really well, he's not gonna all of a sudden. I think be Sosa's leading spring training in hits. Uh, that, yeah, so he's he's I, making I, his play for it too. I don't know what I mean. Yeah, Paul DeYoung. I hope all of a sudden he makes a resurgence and figures it out. But then that means the Cardinals will probably just resign him to a hundred million dollar contract and, and something keep him, crazy. And, and then O'Neill walks. Uh, right. It'll just <laughs> don't be, do that. Yeah. Please. It, please but you know, I uh, I want to wrap up here. We're almost to an hour, which is way more than I thought we'd get to tonight. But I was looking at all the shortstops are going to come available next year. And there's going to be another Trey Turner, Trey Turner, and Carlos Correa. I'm sure is, we'll be in on Trey Turner. <laughs> Carlos Correa is going to also be available next year. You too. think he's going to opt out? Absolutely. He signed that deal for you. I don't, I'm sure you saw the stuff with Boris. Two opt outs, right? But Boris only makes the money. He has to split the money if it's longer than the year because he was signed with the previous um, company before the lockout. Right? right, so any of the money that goes in that in that window, he has to split with that other company. So if he opts out after the first year, that's why there's opt outs in place. Then he resigns him another one. Then Boris gets all the money. So I think he will yes opt out. Trey Turner will then also be available. If Trey, Trey Turner, Trey Turner, Trey Turner might eclipse. Actually, I'm just going to go ahead and call it. I think he'll he'll eclipse Corey Seager's contract. So my question is, he's going to be a 350 if plus. If Paul DeYoung and Sosa are not the answer once again this season. Are the Cardinals going to be serious about the shortstop position? Let's. Uh, I'm going to be. Um, I, um, just play play along with me. All right. Devil's advocate. Yeah. So they're Paul DeYoung, no good. Sosa, no good. Gorman's not going to work out to be able to move Tommy Edmond. One, Tommy Edmond's not going to work out. One, something we can't move there. That was going to be my question. Yeah. If we can't make that because move. if De, if DeYoung's not good. Edmonds going to shortstop, right, right. and Gorman's going to get his chance. Now, if Gorman comes and he's tearing it up, right. then your answer to this question is Tommy Edmonds going to be the shortstop. Right, but let's say one of them's not right. going to work out. Do the Cardinals look seriously outside of the organization at a Trey Turner or a Carlos Correa next year if that opens up? I think at that point you have to. Well, so, we, thought, so, we thought this year yeah, you had to. We thought to. it was this year, but but DeYoung, I think, they for whatever reason, they really think he can figure it out. He's still on a team-friendly contract. Um, but look, they were in the situation, what, you know, six, seven years ago, whenever it was before DeYoung came, when they had to sign Johnny Peralta yeah, and, and, and gave him, honestly, you know, that was an overpay at his point of the career. <laughs> and he, I think he was about, fine. I think but, about, you know what, who did we win the world series with in 2011 as our shortstop? Uh, Rafael for call. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. we say all traveled veteran guy, but knew how to win. We say all this and uh, we need this guy. We need this guy. And not necessarily gal just did what was needed to get done. I mean, it's really only in recent years that these middle infield positions have become kind of like, they were never looked at as needing to be big offensive 
Well, yeah, pieces. I mean, Ozzie Smith was not the no. offensive juggernaut of any of the shortstops of now. No. You know, he was a leadoff guy, and he, I mean, hitting a home run, the go crazy folks, he didn't hit very many home runs in his career. No. One of the most famous calls in Cardinals history, he didn't hit it over the fence that often. Yeah, I, f- I feel like we are in a little bit of a golden age of, like, really good hitting yeah. shortstops. Uh, do I think we're going to be in on Trey Turner? No, no, <laughs> definitely not. Now, if if Correa does opt out, he has another great season, and we're in this situation again. He's still going to be yes. thirty million a year. They should they should be all over him. Well, but, Trey Turner's going to be thirty million. But a he year won't too. be. Yeah, but Trey Turner's going to be eight, nine, ten year, probably at least eight. So he'll be twenty nine by the time he signs next season. Or actually, he might still be twenty eight. So so six six to eight year yeah. deal, and then Correa will be twenty eight. No, twenty nine. Yeah, I think they're they're about the same age. They're about the same age. So yeah, Carlos Correa. Um, yeah, I mean, if he opts out, we're in the same position again. They better be. Yeah, Correa's only he's actually a year younger. He's more than a year younger than Trey Turner, twenty seven at one hundred eighty three days. So yeah, Trey Turner's gonna make a ton of money though. I mean, that's a guy that's. I mean, he he he's. He's just another one of those dynamic players. But, yeah, they better, man. They better do something. I mean, we thought it this year, right, and it just didn't happen. And, and I I think the market – I think that the market clearly was higher than they thought. We were never going to give Kyle Schwarber $20 million a year. No. Right? wasn't going to happen. We weren't going to give – we weren't going to give Story 23. Story, I will say, Story got way more than yeah. I thought he was going to get. But I still think he's not he's playing shortstop it. either, though, right? He's going to be he's playing not, second base. He's not this year. I don't think so there I, was any – I don't think in any team offered him over $100 million to play shortstop. I, I think that's where, he, that's where he decided to go for the money and not go for, you know, what he wanted to play. Well, but he's still in a good – I mean, now it's a really tough division. Yeah. But he's still – on a team where he's going to be in a way better position to win than the Rockets. Absolutely. But I think the thing with the Red Sox there is, yes, he's playing second base this year, but I think that they convinced him, hey, you know, Xander Bogarts is probably going to walk because he, he's coming up soon. That's yeah. their next big guy that's probably going to go. Um, and we don't know what their farm system is like either. Exactly, yeah, I, I don't know. So uh, Yankees obviously I know have got a big shortstop prospect. probably why they didn't go get him. Yeah. So – yeah, Trevor Story got more than I thought he would. Still think he's worth it. I still think you'll look at the end of that contract and he'll it'll have been pretty darn good. So that that's just my take on Trevor Story. It doesn't matter now. He's gone. It didn't happen. My dreams are, you know, down the drain. And here we are with the same team. And yeah. Same team plus Corey Dickerson. Here so. we are again on another podcast ending it on a bad note. Yeah. Uh, we've done that too. All right. So two weeks to opening day as we uh air tonight. As this is being recorded, so Cal Reese will be on with us next week. We'll dive deep into the prospects and how they're doing. Um, Jordan Walker, I know, was already reassigned the other day to minor league camp, uh, as well as a few other not as notable guys, but he was the big one. Um, yeah, I mean, he's only nineteen, so he looked overmatched at times with some <laughs> fastballs and spring training. That's part of it, right? These guys got to grow. So yeah, we'll get into that with Kyle next week. I think that'll be a lot of fun. He really knows his stuff with the minor leagues. Uh, and by that point, we'll be close toward the end of spring training, so we'll have a good idea of well, who... We should know who the team is yeah, next week. we should know. Um, rosters do expand to 28th the first month. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. They agreed on that. Um, Even more reason to have Pujols on the bench? Or, honestly, I think they're going to carry two more pitchers. They're going to need to. They need, yeah. <laughs> that's they, probably, they that's need, probably what's going to happen. They need that. We need more pitchers and, and someone that can hit. But, hey, all right. But maybe now that Yachty's in camp, they're gonna Mo's gonna have a fire under him, more of him to go get pulls. Maybe, maybe Yachty will say, "Hey, why why isn't this happening?" I thought maybe Yachty wasn't gonna show up. I thought he's gonna say, "All right, you know what? I decided I'm I'm just gonna retire." Dude, I thought that for a second. I was like, like "This you know is what? really out of place." But then then I th- I mean, it was either that. I thought, well, maybe he got so much time with his family that he, I was he's, thinking he's, he's thinking uh, they didn't want to spend any money for my last year, and we're not going to be competitive the way that I want to. Boy, so. that would have been a bummer, huh? I I think I it's I looking like it was probably more of you know something happened to the family. Yeah. Obviously, you know we can hope sp- everything's fine there with the audio. <laughs> yeah, he's not talking about it. it's not our business, but glad he's there. Yeah, so maybe he'll light a fire under him and say, "Hey, well, can you at least go sign Albert? Can you at least bring him back?" My wife said, "Man, he looks kind of heavy, though." <laughs> I don't mind. Hey, look, the the year he had, you know, the twenty home run power was when he's a little bit bigger. Yeah. That, you know, that year he came real slim to camp. I'm like, he might be a little too slim. Yeah. So that's all right if you put it on a little bit. 
It's the last season. Go out there and just let it rip. I hope he hits like 2025. Not like he's stealing bases. Oh, no. I mean, well, you know, intelligently he's stealing bases, yes. but not like with his speed. No. All right. We'll anything, end on that good note. Yachty's back smiling and he's catching. Two weeks to opening day. I'll be there in St. Louis. Um, Josh will be there that weekend. So we'll probably do another podcast after opening day, not before. Like Hopefully we'll do, we'll do we one next week. On the Pirates. We'll do one next week, obviously, with Kyle, and then we'll and then we'll do uh, one after opening day weekend. Um, and hopefully talking about all the pomp and circumstance and how everything is back to normal and the crowd is going a crazy. Walk off home run from Nolan Arenado. Hopefully, hey, it was last year he hit that one on opening day yeah. in St. Louis. It was pretty cool. And you know, we actually get to host actual opening day. Opening day. Yeah, in they St. said Louis. this is like the first time in fifteen or yeah. twenty years or something. I don't know that, that I've they, ever I've ever seen an opening day. I wonder opening why day. that is. That doesn't. I make think they make it their own their own holiday in St. Louis. You know what I mean? It's like their own day. And so, like instead of team you know instead of having these other teams we have to share it with it's our own day. right so that's usually why i think but hey well that's all i got anything else no i think well, that's it well this has been that's a winner podcast follow us on twitter at that's a winner pod appreciate anyone that watched uh on the stream on um youtube and on twitter we're gonna try this out if you liked it you can always comment and things and tweet us about it and i think this probably gets saved and you can watch it on there as well. I'm not yeah, sure. Should to be stay up on Twitter. All right. If you well, want to see our beautiful faces. Follow me on Twitter at Jinx3086. And Josh is at J Brown116. And he usually is the one arguing with people yes. on Twitter. That's usually his thing. Getting into it with Derek Gold as yeah. well. <laughs> I love you, Derek. Uh, all right. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> That's the winner pod. We'll get with you next week uh, when Kyle joins us. Thanks again.